Hello, friends. <laughs> Hello, our listeners. <laughs> you gotta learn to do one of the intros. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I always feel so awkward in the beginning. Yeah, the first, like, 20 seconds are awkward as hell. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Soul and Soul. I'm Sangman. And I'm Jesse. And welcome to the Valentine's Day episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> See, it's funny you said that. I was going to go dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, here we are talking to you. I think this is actually going to get released on Valentine's Day, which is weird, but coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. All right, so let's first talk about dating culture and norms. So um, in Korean culture, I feel like there's a very standard uh, norm, I guess. Like once you like a person, there's this period where you call it some um, or like some shiki, which is like a period where you guys are kind of like getting to know each other, you guys are flirting a little bit, and you start to develop feelings, but you guys are not official yet. And then in Korean culture, like you, it's very important to make it official. So usually the guy would say, oh, you know, this is, I want to date you, let's make it official. And they would start counting the days. That's a big thing in Korean dating culture. So there are anniversaries where um, you have to celebrate usually like 100th day, 200th day, so on and so forth. Sometimes people celebrate 22nd day. I'm not sure what that's about, but tutu it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another new anniversary thing. But people love um, celebrating those like, I guess, hallmarks of your relationship. Okay. This is kind of blowing my mind, but continue. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am really bad with things like that in general. So I never really did anything. But I mean, as Koreans, you do kind of keep that in mind. So we like went out to dinner and things like that. But some people go out of their way to, you know, rent out a hotel room or Airbnb and then they decorate the whole place like rose petals on the floor, candles, balloons, things like that. For a hundred days into a relationship yeah. <laughs> so that is like three months and like three and a half months maybe yeah yep i would say that's like one of the biggest anniversaries in like your dating all right history. that's wild <laughs> yeah um, it is. like do have you like i don't know i've dated women in new york for three and a half months just because like our schedules didn't match up and so we maybe went on like four or five dates in that time and technically we're seeing mm-hmm. each other i don't mm-hmm. think i would have put rose petals on the floor and yada yada yeah <laughs> yeah so koreans are i guess i don't know i mean we are crazy so okay. <laughs> once that- you start dating you guys love each other you guys are dropping l-bombs like left and right <laughs> okay okay i need mean- Mm-mm. I need this to back up. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> so, 
if we're talking about like a typical time frame, you're talking about like you meet or maybe this is your friend and you guys like each other now and mm-hmm. um you like what's the time frame before this like 100 day period starts? You that's why you have to make it official. That's why it's really important to how many days before you, know, you get to this part where you want to make it official? That depends on the person. Okay, so there's that talking to phase because like I think that's what I would call yeah. that, right? Like, so mm-hmm, the talking mm-hmm. to phase. How long is that? That really depends. Some people have like I don't know if you're just like one person liking another, like you have a crush on the other person. It can be like a year. I mean, I don't know. But if you're like actually, this is very specific to East Asia. I'm not too sure about other countries in Asia. Uh, yeah, uh, Korean. Well, like East Asian dating culture is pretty crazy. <laughs> okay, so give me ballpark, cause like, is it like okay, we've been like talking to each other for a month, or is it like I've talked to you for like a year, pretty consistently? Not like in a crush phase, but like we've been talking, we've gone on dates, and now we're dropping albums. Like, what's this time frame? Really? Okay, so. To backtrack a little bit, um, mm-hmm. Koreans go on soketing a lot, which is like um, a, a blind date. Mm-hmm. Um, so your friends can set set it up for you, or you can use apps um, nowadays. But yeah, people go on a lot of soketing, and then that's like the first meeting. So some people, if it works well, some people consider that their first day of the relationship. Um, not not most people do it, I think. But for people who go on soketing, you would go on like maybe like two, three dates, and then you guys make it official. Very and short phase of that talking no. to phase, <laughs> and, oh, and then to make it official, you start dating, and you guys are infatuated with each other. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and even if you're not that in love with the other person you kind of have to act a certain way i feel like to i don't know those are some expectations in a relationship in a korean relationship i would say okay like to each culture its own i just like cannot imagine it and i don't mean to say that mine is any better i'm just like thinking about how that would go like I feel like I haven't felt that type of, like, way about someone since I was a teenager. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I can't imagine being 28 and, like, even pretending that, like, three dates in, I'm like, yes, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I still have a hard time saying the L word because I just, I, I don't know. It's really hard for me, but... Some people don't really care. They can say sarangye whenever they want. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's easier for me now than it was years prior, I feel like. I, mm-hmm. I used to have a very hard time saying it. Not to... Okay, it's... A, I, psh, 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 it's I still don't really say it to people I'm dating unless I feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I used to have a hard time just saying it to anyone outside of my family. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm still bit. like that, yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm a lot better about it now just because, like, your friends deserved to know that you love me. Yeah, but it- after three dates? <laughs> Bro, that's not your friend. That's the one you try to date. Like, they can wait till you feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's not really a big deal in Korean culture when somebody else says I love you. If you don't say it back, that's a done deal. <laughs> you guys are breaking up right there and there. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like if someone said that to me after three dates, I would run. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure, like, what the exact average is, but I feel like if you're in a relationship, Koreans drop the album pretty quickly. Yeah. I I feel like it would be hard for me to, like, you know how we were talking about last time we don't like clingy people? Like, that mm-hmm. would be one of those red flags mm-hmm. for me that I would be like, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> i don't think i would be able to handle it so okay okay so after this 100 day period where do we go you celebrate uh 200th day 300th day 400th day i like i know that you can't see my face right now but i know you can see my face because i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) uh did you do these things? Not really. I mean, I think we went out to dinner for like the first hundredth day. But then after that, I have no idea. And how, mm, is this too intimate a question? But how long was that talking to you period for you? For me, well, I met Tay on an app. Um, and we weren't talking as much. Again, I have bad memory. So I this is like me recalling I'm- what Tay said to me. Oh my god. I'm not alone, Tay. <laughs> but, Vindication. But, anyway. <laughs> uh, we were just, I guess, talking on the app, but I wasn't like really replying back as fast. And then he mentioned something about a Korean variety show that I watch. And I'm a huge fan of that show. And then, of course, I, I'm like, what? You watch that show? <laughs> and then we started talking more on like actual messaging app, not the dating app. Um, and then maybe like a month, a full month of talking and then we met. And then you dropped the album? Is that what no. <laughs> we went on three dates until we made it official. So I guess it is kind of a Korean relationship. I feel like it's not often that you have me speechless. but we did not drop the album until i don't even remember thank god all right that's different i feel like okay okay um that's like remarkably different i thought we were going to really have a conversation about us having pretty similar dating practices but like nope not at all Yep, not at all. <laughs> How have you been like keeping this in your back pocket? This <laughs> It's I don't know. I mean, if you're, it's not really important for me, and I don't really, you know, do those things necessarily. Okay, so you would say that you don't always adhere to that dating custom, right? But I do um l- like to know where we are at. 
in the relationship? Like, are we like actually dating, dating, or are we just seeing each other? Yeah. Casually? Yeah. Communication is great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Having a structured culture, which was like, no, you should do that. You should tell me now at this point if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> that could be helpful for me you're right <laughs> what a day to be filming or recording this on this lovely shoot your shot sunday <laughs> okay um so i would say that dating in my culture is i can't even i'm trying to see if there's like an entryway where i could be like that it's similar <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I really wish that I could speak with, like, a queer Korean person and verify. What you've mm-hmm. described to me is, like, a little bit the timeline of, like, two lesbians falling in love. Oh. Yeah, so I guess now all Koreans to me are going to, I'm going to refer to you guys as, as the lesbians. But, uh, <laughs> lesbians of the world you know because that's like you guys are basically describing u-hauling what is u-hauling so like u-hauling is um like this i don't know it's like a joke before there were memes but i'm sure there are memes about it now about how like lesbians have the tendency to like arrive with a u-haul within the first few dates like they're just like <laughs> in it <laughs> And um, that seems like a similar timeline. Um, so I will preface uh, all of my comments for this episode in saying, like, I have no idea what dating customs are like for um, anyone but lesbians, black lesbians, right? Because, like, I don't know what the straights are doing. I wonder. I question <laughs> it. Um, of all cultures, even mm-hmm. mine, I'm just like, ah, yeah, okay. Okay. You do that. So, like, um, <laughs> I can't tell you what a comparable uh, and, like, you know, an exact one-to-one matching is here for yours. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe straight people in my culture do go that fast. Um, I don't think so, just based on all of the straight Black relationships I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, on average, I would say it's not that fast. It can be that fast, but it's not right. necessarily right. on average. Um, I will say that there is the same, like, talking to period. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, there are things that are specific to Black dating, but oftentimes these things are, like, specific to American dating as a whole, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are things which I will talk about which are very, very specific to the New York dating scene, and I'll mm-hmm. make sure. Because... <laughs> It's a it's an entirely different beast than dating huh. anywhere else in America. Cause woo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like like imagine dating in a place where I mean you have dated in New York. What am I saying? Imagine dating in a place. But imagine dating in a place where you could just say like, All right, see you later and then someone else will show up and it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's New York. Mm-hmm. And everyone in New York really dates that way. <laughs> there is someone better around the corner maybe there was or maybe there isn't but that's like kind of like the vibe like i i it's okay i could maybe do better later oh wow and you know like 
Brooklyn's kind of a place where like people grow to Peter Pan it and never grow up. So like they don't want to communicate well and they don't work through things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're just like, yeah. I'm going to move on and go on. So like maybe other parts of New York, like, I don't know, Flushing <laughs> are better about this, but definitely Brooklyn is, is that vibe. Brooklyn, Manhattan. Queens might be different because like it's real if you're gonna travel all the way out to Queens for someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're dating some, like, think about in which part of Queens because you're dating someone like close to Long Island, Queens. Like, you like that person because that's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt about any girl that I've ever seen in the Bronx. I was like, man, I like you because wow, this far. <laughs> yeah, that is that is far. It's like a 20 minute drive for me, like over that yeah. bridge, but it's still like, I'm in a different girl. Like, I'm on a different island now. Like, this is far. Yeah. 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 I don't date girls in Manhattan, though. Mm. That's far. <laughs> That's really far. And you can't drive. It's all on a subway. And, like, I, no one has convinced me I like them that much. <laughs> mm. And that's kind of what I mean about the New York dating scene. Like, you date people who live maybe, like, five minutes away from, or five miles away from you, but you won't because of, like, subway lines. Like, that is how you pick your mate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's wild, right? Everywhere else, especially where people drive. Like, that's just, like, a wild concept. Like, just, like, completely not dating a borough in your city just Mm. because it would be a long subway ride. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny because like coming here, I was just like, at first you're like, fuck yeah, then there's moments where you're like, ooh, I don't like this, and then you just like <laughs> waves, you know, ride the wave till it rides you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, that that's probably like my most like the one the dating culture that I know best is like queer new york dating culture and it mm. is it's it's really that and it's also you hauling and you know it's it somehow both works it doesn't work. mm. <laughs> like i guess it just increases the amount of u-hauls that you w- might do <laughs> so i'm like not u-hauled with anyone in new york i learned my lesson i'll tell you that story later though <laughs> yeah oh man you yeah in korean culture it's looked down upon to live with your boyfriend or girlfriend before you get married i don't know about in my culture but for me it is absolutely looked down upon for that shit stop playing house people (laughs) (laughs) Like, like obviously past a certain point go for it right like you should absolutely mm-hmm. in my opinion and i think definitely in my culture you should definitely live with someone before you marry them because you're like mm-hmm. you kind of test that out to see if you yeah like, right but mm-hmm. like this like i'm living with someone in under a year i'm living in, with someone under like i don't know after a year it's like your business but before a year like and i'm talking about the prolonged because i definitely feel like the talking to phase is longer and american culture right like mm-hmm. it, it's because there's so many like barriers and walls that we put up around our little hearts mm-hmm. <laughs> for you to get to the part where it's like official could be really soon maybe you found someone that like you really like and you guys everything clicks 
but it also could take like a long ass time mm. and you might be dating other pe- people while you're talking to someone else that's a big thing i feel like in new york no one's mm. willing to be like if they are monogamous which you know New Yorkers or not but if they are they're like not willing to be official until like they're sure and so they're still talking to other people even though like they might like one person more you know it's like a weird like Uh I don't really want to say what I feel Mm. which is like icky (laughs) (laughs) like a total lack of communication um Mm. but I do think that that's longer for a lot of people than it should be, but at the same time, I do think that there should be, like, an established, like, relationship before you combine your lives as much as living with someone. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if there's a magic number for how many dates that is or how many days that is, but, like, I definitely know when it's too fast. <laughs> mm, yeah. Cause and maybe it works out even though it's too fast, but it, I it's almost guaranteed to be bumpier because it was too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like one year mark is a pretty yeah. Sad. And if it's like if it's like eleven months, no one's going to like hold someone to that. But like if it's yeah. like if it's like three, you're like ooh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's more like I know I'm gonna save on rent if I move in. <laughs> so it's I'm also sure. a very New York thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, all right, like, my lease is up after seven months. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've, like, known people who have done that. I don't think I could. It sounds messy. It does, right? Yeah. Like, what if that person, like, you just, like, you move in and your rent is attached to them and you moved in because you needed to, because you couldn't mm-hmm. afford it? And you're mm-hmm. like, you said. Yeah. When is a relationship considered serious in your culture? That that first day when you make it official. <laughs> oh my god. These are no, why you, these like... questions don't work. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean you guys are like official boyfriends and girlfriends and whatever. Um, but I feel like that one year mark is significant. Um Like, after that, you know, some people get married if you're of age or you continue to date that person longer. I mean, you know, you can break up as well. But usually I feel like one year mark is pretty significant, I think. That's wild. Okay. Um, How many? I gotta gotta run this back some. How many people have you dated before? I guess just two. And one of them I'm married to. Okay. Um, and then, so you... I, I, I shouldn't really be doing this podcast episode because I have very little experience. Well, I'm wondering is is your experience? Would you say like the norm, like the the norm about people in Korea date? Like, do people date two or three partners and then settle down? Yeah. Um. Maybe a little. Well. Anywhere between like two to four, maybe a slightly more. Oh my god. Hey guys, Sangmin here. So, upon further research, it seems like the number, average number of partners that Koreans usually have before marriage is 4.7, not between two to four, which I highly, highly underestimated. Sorry about that, guys. 
Okay, so I feel like there are definitely people in American culture who celebrate like the mom stuff. But I feel like the older you get, the more it's like thought to be childish to do things like that. Um, yeah. So like you wouldn't expect someone our age to celebrate one month, two month, three month, four month, five month. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but they might celebrate like six months or a year. Definitely a year, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. anything... I would say, like, maybe six months, definitely a year and every year after that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then once you guys, if you guys get married, then it would be, like, that anniversary would override the dating one. Right. So I guess that's also why, like, the days one is, like, Mm -hmm. interesting to me. Because I'm thinking, like, Mm -hmm. more like, oh, like, well, that, like count kind of gets reset once you're married in my culture like you're no longer thinking about the time that you're dating like you might say like something like we've been together for 20 years and we've been married for 18 or something like that you know Mm -hmm. but like you might say that you probably wouldn't like I think my parents are like we've been married for 18 years yeah yeah, yeah. I think once you get married too you don't really count the days Mm-hmm. Even like after one year of dating, some people just like give up on you know counting the days. Some people like to, um. So like after, I they probably do for like the hundredth day or two hundredth day, and then one year, and then from there like they will just count every year. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. I've seen some people celebrate like thousand days. That's kind of cute, but like, but like I would. Imagine remembering that in like two years and like some change, you'd be like, They have apps oh for God. that. Oh, they got apps for everything. Yep. I keep forgetting. Yep. That's kind of wild. Yep. Interesting. Like, also, like, never would have expected that. Mm. I never really thought about it being so Western centric in my head. I never really thought that dating practices would be that remarkably different. <laughs> All right. When do people in your culture know? When it's time to, like, transition from being boyfriend-girlfriend to, like, married. I feel like um, there's so much pressure on getting married in Korea. Mm -hmm. So if you're of age and you're not dating somebody, you would go on, like, the dating apps or, like, you know, ask around to meet people. And then, like, both parties would know that, you know, both you guys are both good people. You guys have stable jobs and things like that. Um, so it's more business-like when you are, like, 30 or older. And then you guys kind of, like, talk about marriage pretty early on in the relationship. Okay. And a lot of people are getting married within a year or, like, around one year, Mark. Um, also, a lot of people are getting pregnant before they they get married but i'm like strictly talking about people who are a little older like 30 or older okay how about people who are under 30 that i feel like people usually date several years before you know they talk about marriage okay so there's like an added pressure Mm -hmm. once you reach a certain Mm -hmm. age to get married Mm -hmm. okay and in korea people get married a lot older like similar to new york i would say 
Like, Mm -hmm. if you're a guy and you're getting married at 30, that's pretty early. Okay. Now I feel like the norm is like mid-30s to late-30s. How about for you? When did you figure out that you wanted to marry Tay? First of all, my ideal partner was somebody who is the exact opposite of my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody not like me, who's more outgoing, you know, good with people, things like that. And Tay was exactly that person. Nice. And then sometime, I, I guess like, maybe like a year into our relationship or a little, maybe a little before, like I was starting to like see myself with him. And I'm like, whoa, what's happening to me? Yeah, I definitely think he kind of swept you off your feet because I remember um, at one point you're like, I don't think I'm going to get married. And then like that quickly kind of like faded away. (laughs) I told him from the get go too, like I never thought about getting married. I don't plan to get married. Um, And he was like, okay, okay. And eventually my mind was changed (laughs) nice um do you have any advice for people who are like hoping to get married like what worked for you oh my god um like early in our relationship we were so different that we were you know getting into arguments a lot and i'm like man i i don't think i can continue the relationship but tay said um you're only thinking about breaking up with me that's your end goal um you never thought about you know making it better Mm. and I was like wow I really I guess that's also maybe like a cancer thing because I am always like expecting a bad ending so I don't get hurt eventually yeah so I'm like you know we're too different it's not gonna work out it's not gonna work out and that was the only thing that I was thinking about so he was trying to do his best to make this work. And I had a mind where I was like, whatever you do, I don't care. It's not going to work out, blah, blah, blah. But that fight made me understand where he was coming from. And I'm like, whoa, why was I thinking so negatively about this relationship? I should do, like, I should try to fix things or I should better myself and try to compromise a little bit too so that it can we can make this work. And now... I'm all like, even if we're fighting, I'm like, no, we can make it work. So our fights don't really last as long. And also, Tay's not the person who, like me, (laughs) just like, you know, keep quiet and go on for days and days. He's always like, let's talk about it. Ah, I'm glad. Like, so you needed someone who would pull you out of your shell versus go into their own. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Any other advice? I think... Think more about, like, not ending things or, like, try to keep a positive mind and think more about making it work rather than ending things. Unless you're, you know, in a horrible relationship, like, you're being abused physically and emotionally. Definitely. Um, I was thinking about when we were making this podcast that we definitely had to say something about that. Like, if you are in a, a relationship where there is a level of domestic abuse and even if there's a level of abuse that you're not maybe sure like you're questioning if that is like seek help Mm -hmm. and find someone who can help you out and help you 
get the answers to the questions you need. Because um, it's, it's literally always better to leave. And I know it's weird, but it's it might not be there. It's like, it's always better to leave, but you have to do it safely. Yes. And so you have to, you very much need to seek help to make sure that you can do these things safely. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. For yeah. Sure. I would like for my first relationship, I wasn't really abused or anything. But after I ended, the guy was like coming to my house. Oh my gosh. That's why I was so triggered when I watched you. I I uh, couldn't get past like the first how many minutes. I I was so triggered. Yeah, like stalkers are no joke. I had I had a girlfriend who I dated for a really long time. Like um actually it's like my second longest relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and after things ended between us, like her mom actually started stalking me. And it's just like this is this is a new level of bizarre that I just don't have the energy for (laughs) um and i just also like was genuinely afraid of this older woman who had a lot of guns Mm. it's cool (laughs) not at all yeah the campus my campus security was put on alert about this lady (sighs) for the entirety of the time that i was at school and this happened in like my sophomore year oh my god (laughs) freaking weird lady and i feel like um it's weird because like abuse works in weird ways because like i definitely still feel bad for her daughter because like imagine if that lady was your mom (laughs) you know (laughs) and you were gay but she didn't want you to be like oof um okay so i guess i'll go back i would say when your a relationship is considered official is when you have a conversation about it um and that could happen i would say anywhere from like a couple months in a month in and upwards mm-hmm. yeah so whenever you have that conversation where you're like i want to see you and i guess in the queer community when you're in a monogamous relationship, the conversation usually happens within a few months, I would say. Um, I have never actually initiated it. Oh. Which is yeah. Um, I know. I feel like if people know me in real life as a friend, they definitely assume that I'm, like, go-getter. But it, it also makes sense because <laughs> no comment. I'm great. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that was. <laughs> the shame. <laughs> yeah, so Pac and Tay have had, like, a, a beautiful love affair that I've gotten to see blossom, and I've just been, like, sitting there, and Pac has been, like, coaching me through a string of swings and misses. <laughs> Ghost her. Ghost her. <laughs> um... But yeah, so I wouldn't say that once your boyfriend and girlfriend things are uh are like serious. I think that like you can have quite a few partners in your life um before that what happens for I'm guessing the straights too. But definitely for the for the queers. Yeah. I don't know. But, but I, again, I really don't know what y'all be doing. <laughs> 
because I, I find both ends of the spectrum. Like, I know people that are my friends who have only had one boyfriend. Um, and I know some that have had multiple, you know? Yep. So, yeah. no idea. Yep. Um, and I don't think that I've... I don't think I know any queer people who have only had one partner. Mm. I'm trying to think if I do. I mean, most of the queer people I know are from New York. So uh, yeah. So less likely. Um, and in Indiana, no girl I dated has only had one partner either. Hmm. Yeah, thank God. I do not do. I do not da- do dating the baby gays. I love them. <laughs> I love you guys. I will mentor you. Will not date you. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, nope, nope. Makes sense. Ixnay on the baby gay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't think I've ever dated a girl that's never dated someone or dated, I've never dated a girl who's never dated a girl either. Because mm. that's a whole other package of worms. Yeah. I also, at this, at this point, don't date people who are closeted. Um, just because I'm not, and I don't want to go back. And I'm not really, it's crazy, because I don't think I'm, at this point, I don't think I'm closeted anywhere in my life, which is like a big deal for me but kind of weird Mm. i'm definitely not at work Mm. um try as i might to not get typecast i did (laughs) (laughs) in running this queer club uh that story is so cute because i don't know what it was about me that just says like gay um but apparently that was it when they were asked like do you know a gay teacher to lead this they were like i think maybe miss jackson i was like wow the kids with the gay dart the gay dart that the queer women of new york do not seem to have (laughs) (laughs) i was like what is it about this that's given off that i like it tell me more and that was one of the first questions i asked them and they were just like i don't know I don't know. We just knew you were nice about it in class. And I was like, that's terrible. Are straight teachers not oh nice? Oh my about it in God. Class? <laughs> oh man. Because, like, that's really messed up, you know? Because I don't think I, anything that they're talking about does not come to mind. Like, I have no idea what moment they were talking about when they said, like, you're nice about it in class. Because, mm. like, it, did, it doesn't stand out to me, but it did to them. Yeah. Like, the teacher I was teaching with. You know, like, we just, like, kind of picked, you know, we could do the Lit Circle books, which were, like, they're, like, independent reading. So I put, like, a book about a trans character and a book about a gay boy, stuff like that in there. Mm-hmm. Talked about mm-hmm. So I, it was a safe space. Mm-hmm. So I, for any teacher out there, it's, like, those little things that really help. As, like, the person that is in charge of that club, um, they really, like enjoy that kind of stuff so even like um when i taught bio i like made sure that we spent a lot of time talking about in vitro and like alternative methods for creating a family Mm. and like adding queer things into bio because like i don't know about like most of them but i remember sitting in bio class being like none of this shit applies or being in health class like while they were like showing people how to put condoms on bananas and i was like all righty Actually, that literally, I don't think that happened in my health class, but they did show a lot of STD stuff Mm -hmm. about, and it was like, I'm sure that these STDs could happen between two women. Some of them are unlikely to, some of them definitely can't, and so I'm just like, 
this is a oh man all of our sex talks were super straight mm. like all of them mm. um i remember the std talk being specifically like shown to us by this woman who went up to a board or she had a poster of some kind but she was basically did like a tree and she was like this is how many partners that your partner has before you like get with your partner and it was just like this tree that shows you like all the people that indirectly the person you're sleeping with has slept has slept with but it was paired with like straight couples you know mm. so it was like sally and bob and da 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 so health class and bio and like all of these other classes could be vastly improved if people added a queer educational element to mm. it. That's something to be more mindful about as teachers. Definitely. Um, I don't know how you're going to fit that into earth science, but I know there are gay rocks. Find them. <laughs> yeah, it's easier Find to talk them. about that in, in bio than earth science. I mean, listen, like, if nothing, if nothing the queer community loves more is than, like, crystals and rocks. So I like, do I mean, mention crystals. There is a tie-in. <laughs> it's there. Like, you could be talking about um, rock quartz and you're like, also use for this if you're into astrology. It's there. <laughs> Yeah, it is there. <laughs> yeah, no, when when uh when we're doing minerals, I would I would say something like, Oh, um people who are into crystals, you guys already know what quartz are. Um you have like smoky quartz, rose quartz, <laughs> things like that. Too cute. Um because all of those queer kids and I love crystals. Mm. Um, okay, so I have zero idea how to know when it's marriage material. <laughs> I do know when it's not. <laughs> I do know when it's not. I have been engaged before, so I Wait. definitely do know when it's not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I always forget about that. Should we talk about red flags? Red flags? Before yeah, getting married? So, there are so many red flags before <laughs> getting married. Um, okay. Uh, reasons I didn't get married. Well, one, her mom was stalking me. Oh. <laughs> um... Too, like we just like weren't compatible in life like most queer people this was my umpteenth long distance relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it like wasn't actually gonna fit when we like there was no way that we were gonna make it fit yeah um for like the foreseeable future i think i was when we broke up i was just about to be a junior in college and she was gonna be a sophomore mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to transfer and she wasn't going to transfer anytime uh. soon. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, for the foreseeable future, there was no way that our worlds were going to meld to make sense. Yeah. And I also, even though, you know, we just talked about how my love language uh, for physical touch is, like, not low, but it's it's not not low, you know? Mm. Um, and so I just, I couldn't do it. Um, also, just, like... I, for me, I needed to know a lot more about a person Mm. than I did to be married. Mm. Like, I needed to um, know what it was to, like, live with this person. Mm. I needed to know what it was to, like, go through a crisis with this person. Mm. Um, Or just, like, what it was to go through, like, just, like, weeks or months just, like, doing nothing, you know? Mm. If I still wanted to do nothing with this person forever. Mm. (laughs) 
And like, so I guess for me, that would be probably one of the ways that I would know it was marriage material is like, I could just imagine like living a normal day to day life with the person forever. And even if literally nothing ever exciting happened to us, I would be content. Yeah, I think that's crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like didn't feel that way about that person. Mm. Um, what are some red facts for you? Uh, well, if you are considering to get married, definitely have a serious talk about everything, literally everything, like health issues, finance issues, you know, like real life stuff. Yes, I really had no idea about the financial situation. I did to an extent, Mm -hmm. but not really. Mm -hmm. Um, I also didn't know, like, I knew... I knew big stuff, but I feel like not everyone before they get married knows stuff like, do you want to have kids? How many kids do you mm. want to have? Where do you want to live? Where do you want to retire? Where is like a place where you don't want to live? Do you want to travel for your work? Do you are going to be working longer hours? Do you want to switch careers? Like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I guess like the the ultimate thing is like honesty and communication. Mm-hmm. Um, Like... Tay and I were very upfront about what we like, what we don't like. So now that we're living together, I feel like nothing's really different. Um, It still almost feels like we're dating, but we're just living in the same house. I don't know. It's really easy for now. (laughs) I think that's good, though. Like, you know, like, I I think that every relationship is work, but it shouldn't feel like an overwhelming workload. Like, you shouldn't be in that relationship that feels like you just did a day in our job yeah what are oh yeah what are other red flags let me see other red flags if the guy always (laughs) hides his phone and goes into the bathroom to call or you know some stupid things like that but can be a red flag I don't think those are red flags. I think that those are just like people not giving other people privacy. Yeah. I'm like, you know, these are, again, those moments where I'm like, straight people. It's like, (laughs) that's straight culture for sure, right? Like that, like, men are hiding things or people are hiding things on their phone and yada, 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 yada. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking more along the lines of, I don't know. I mean, the the guy I dated before Tay wasn't <laughs> the best person. <laughs> he was hiding a lot of things, only to find mm-hmm. out later when he told me that he basically cheated. But he wasn't saying the word cheating, but he basically cheated. So he gaslit you too? Yeah. He was yeah. basically uh, framing him as the victim. Yeah. So for everyone listening who doesn't know what gaslighting is, which is definitely like, I would say like my biggest red flag for like how to get why you should not marry someone. Because there are obviously like red flags where you're like, oh yeah, duh, that person hits me. Like that makes a lot of sense, right? Or like, I don't like how I feel when I'm with that person. That makes a lot of sense. But like some of the like, I don't like how I feel when I'm with that person is hard to put your finger on why. And I found in any relationship and i probably should have mentioned this in the friendship episode because i I found that like friends not friends but like friends who you're friends with who maybe you shouldn't be friends with Mm -hmm. uh gaslight you uh a lot and so do some romantic partners and like gaslighting is 
probably like the most toxic thing that most people can do to other people yeah besides like overly like just violent things yeah um because like you're basically trying you're distorting reality so much that you make a, a sane person question their own sanity and how they're viewing or perceiving a situation because they like can't trust their own opinion because you're telling them that their opinion is wrong and you're like it's like really really fucked up psychological warfare um and i I definitely think it happens in a lot of romantic partnerships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people won't take accountability for their actions and would rather gaslight their partner yep um and it's like all this to say like you know if you do recognize traits within yourself which are toxic Go fix him and don't take it out on your romantic partners. Yeah, definitely. Go see a therapist because therapists are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and definitely don't take it out on your romantic partners. I reiterate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say another red flag is if you find that your romantic partner is super like um, controlling. Um, like the girl that I did, didn't marry is very controlling. Um, like, didn't want me to drink, um, didn't want me to have other female friends, which is, like, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, literally impossible. So I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out for us. Um, but okay. And then, like, also would, like, badmouth my friends. And so would make it where I would feel like I had to hide things from her, like who I was with, mm-hmm. when I was with them, um, what we were doing when we were together. There were times where I was like, I couldn't even tell her I had just been on the phone with my best friend from high school because she'd be upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, when someone really just like kind of tries to control who or what you do and like when you can do it, where you can go, like that is like a huge, huge red flag. And it's, I feel like sometimes it's a lot, it's like subtle and like our idea of romance in the united states kind of like makes us think some of these behaviors are okay when they're really not yeah yeah definitely i feel like korea has a lot of issues like that too i mean i meant to ask you because like shout out to all my korean queers out here i have lots of questions about this because she ain't mentioned y'all yet um can korean queer people get married in korea no Mm. actually hold on let me Hmm. You hear the t- keyword clacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still not legal. Okay. So, what does dating look like for queer people in Korea? Can they date? It's not. Is it illegal to be queer there? It's not illegal. Nothing in law though? says you. It's illegal to be queer. Um, but it's still very like hush hush yeah that's what i'm saying so is it not okay so it's not illegal but it might as well be kind of thing like is it like not illegal like jim crow was like oh illegal? no yeah okay. um i i bet a lot of people are still in the closet um i've seen korean queer people on youtube um i think those people are very brave and they're putting themselves out there so that other korean queers can watch their video and feel okay with themselves um but also i feel like a lot of people especially older people would see um same-sex couples as more like friends because like physical touch is allowed between just like regular friends too like they would hold hands or hug or have arms 
uh, cross, not, not cross, but like, yeah. So there is a, unless you say you are, you know, gay or lesbian or queer, I feel like people would just always assume that you're straight. That sucks. That's very taxing as someone yeah. who that happens to all the time. Like yeah. it's very annoying to have yeah. to like deal with that like default being heterosexuality. Yeah. It's not the default. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um also okay so if most do okay do you know any queer people in korea that you know of at least in my community no okay so uh, that's that's like really sad to me because like the what i always talk about in my club and what i think i would do a lot of straight people good to know is that like even if you don't think you have a queer friend like in whatever space you're in whether it be like work school just in life in general you do and it just means that that yeah. friend doesn't feel comfortable enough to tell you that about mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. Uh, which i find is like really sad like and there's like we talked about last episode like there being like a miscommunication sometimes with like those tiers of friendship and like mm-hmm. for queer persons that is where a lot of the miscommunication comes from because like queer people know that you cannot come out to some people mm-hmm. they do it well, um, mm-hmm. and that prevents you from actually being friends with them mm-hmm. um, and that, that makes me really sad for korean queers like i haven't met a korean queer even here yeah i mean i think i do know someone who's korean queer yeah i'm not sure no, I mean, it's also because I have, like, such small group of friends, but I feel like in Korean culture, it's something very hard to talk about, to be open about, and they probably don't feel comfortable at all unless they know for a fact that the other person is queer. Well, they are out there. They yeah. One of them is most assuredly listening to our podcast right now, based <laughs> Hello. on, like, the numbers of people we get yeah. from Korea. Mm-hmm. So, hi, welcome. This is a safe space for you. And I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that you're queer. Alrighty, guys. So, that wraps up our dating episode. Um, we hope that you guys enjoyed it and that you stuck around to the end. Um, let us know in the comments of our Instagram page or our Facebook page what are your dating experiences like? What is dating like in your culture? Um, we love to hear from you guys. Leave us a or, review. Yeah, voice message from Anchor. Oh, they can do that now? I think so. That's awesome. I was waiting for that to click in. So yeah, leave us a voice message at Anchor and maybe we'll include you guys in our next episode. Yay. Alrighty. Oh, follow us on social media at underscore soul and soul. That is underscore S-O-U-L-A-N-D-S-E-O-U-L. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Bye-bye.